Good morning from Junction City, Kansas. Happy afternoon, wherever it is that you are coming in from. We are glad that you are here with us. I am Angie Peters, and I'm excited. I'm excited to talk about what it is that, that God has really just put on my heart to share with us as, as a whole. Listen, and I say us because we are all part of this. We have to start seeing ourselves as a collective rather than individuals. That's just what God is mandating right now. It's what he's bringing us into. It's what we're moving into. He's been talking to us as a, a community of believers about oneness since our inception in 2019. And honestly, even individually before that, just the power of union. And, and I know that collectively across the nations, that is what God is doing. He is changing our minds and expanding our minds and, and getting us to think bigger thoughts, which is easier said than done, to be honest with you. But here we go, right? Let's do it together. We just need to be be willing to stand guard and be like, whoa, that was small thinking. Do it again, <laughs> right? Like hold me accountable to big thoughts, right? Anyway, hi. Oh my gosh. Hi, John. I love it that you're on here. Um, Lisa, hello. I'm glad that you're driving. Be safe. Hopefully you are on your way home and just finished up work, whatever. Um, and and hello to anybody else that hops on later. We are going to start in Psalm 78. We're talking about the spirit of adoption. We know in Romans 8, spirit of adoption is introduced more blatantly than, than any other time in, in scripture, but it is definitely riddled throughout. It's just not quite laid out as spirit of adoption. But um, we are a people who were, we originated in God, right? We were sons and daughters before we were slaves, right? And, and so we are both, we are both sons and daughters of God by <clears throat> origin. And we are also adopted, right? Which is phenomenal to me. That is just, I, I can't quite tease that out. And that's not the point of today, but I want to read in Psalm 78. It is a very long chapter, but I advise you go and read through it, go and listen to it because there's stuff in there. There's the contents of it are remarkable. God is just laying out what it is that he has done on behalf of Israel. And like he Nothing is held back in Psalm 78. It is the it is the goodness and and the, the demise of, of Israel. And um, I want to start in verse 29. So we're in Psalm 78, verse 29. He gave them all they desired, and they ate to their fill. He gave them all that they desired, and they ate to their fill. But before they had even finished even with their food still in their mouths, God's fiery anger arose against them, killing the finest of their mighty men. Now, what, what we have to, let's backtrack just a little bit, because what you have to understand is that this was, his fiery angry, anger was a result of Israel being incapable of, of uh, being consoled by, by God's love, by God's goodness. They, they constantly were griping and complaining and had even gone as far as saying like slavery is better than this. Right. And, and so this is what, this is why God is like to this point of like, 
even with your mouths full of my goodness, my provision, do you know that manna was actually the food of angels? It says it in here. There's a lot of important contents in Psalm 71, so go and read it. Manna was what he provided for the children of Israel when they were hungry, and it is the food of angels. What? This is, that's so fun to even consider. But while, while um, the food was still in their mouths, God, God's anger arose against them, killing the finest of their mighty men. Yet in spite of all this, they kept right on sinning. Even when they saw God's marvels, they refused to believe God could care for them. Even with their mouths full of his provision, they refused to believe that God could care for them. So God cut their life short with sudden disaster with nothing to show for their lives but fear and failure. When he cared for them, they ignored him. But when he began to kill them, ending their lives in a moment, they came running back to God, pleading for mercy. This is interesting. God in his fullness is goodness, right? Like we know in his fullness, he is nothing but sheer goodness. We cannot even attempt to wrap our minds around his goodness. While he was displaying his goodness, they ignored him. They didn't want anything to do with him. It wasn't until he became angry with them that they wanted to turn back to him. It wasn't until they could identify him with the the, the treatment that they experienced in slavery that they turned back to him. This has everything to do with the spirit of adoption. We do this kind of stuff all the time to where we are we, we, we don't even recognize his provision all around us. We're so busy fixating on what is going wrong that we forget to keep our eyes fixed on who is right, right? Like uh, he is goodness. And if we would just fix our minds and our eyes and our hearts on goodness alone, all of these other things would fall off and they would not hold us anymore. But we are still bound to a slavery mentality or an orphan spirit. However you want to view that, it's one and the same. I have like a fuzzy entangled in my eyelashes. It's driving me nuts. That's neither here nor there. So we have to throw off this slavery mentality or we are going to miss what he's doing right now. Don't Don't be like the children of Israel who ignore God when he's displaying his goodness and then wait until he's coming in anger to turn back. That's ridiculousness. And and, and my whole point, hi, Chris, my whole point in bringing this up is because I'm seeing this happen right now. And, And God was just showing me this picture this morning of sin, capital S sin, right? Sin is an entity, not just an action. Okay. So uh, sin, you know, those like, um, they kind of look like merry-go-round kind of things, and but they have animals yoked to them and they're all moving in the same direction, round and round and round and round. That's what I felt like God was showing me 
for, for those of us that are feeling like we're going round and round and round, and we're not able to get free from cyclic um, happenings or behaviors, that it's because we, we are under the enslavement of sin, capital S, the entity, right? And, and, and because we have yoked ourselves to the wrong mentality. So when God's coming and showing up as an all-consuming fire, we're turning our backs on it going like, no, that can't be you. That's not how I know you. And it's not because we're so familiar with grace and love. It's because we're so familiar with slavery and orphanhood. Ouch. I, I hope that I hope that some of this stings a little bit because we need to be awakened to what is really happening. God is opening our eyes to what we've actually been yoked to. Things that we have called promises are actually bondage. And I just pray right now that your spiritual eyes would just become wide open in this moment and that you would begin to see the things that are unholy yokes in your life. And that you would feel empowered in this moment to do something about it. That you would break up with these unholy yokes. That's what we need. We need freedom. We need freedom from, right? Okay, we're going to jump over to Romans 8. Where we're going to read a little bit more about the spirit of adoption. We're going to start in 14. Romans 8, 14. The mature children of God are those who are moved by the impulses of the Holy Spirit. Are you moved by the impulses of the Holy Spirit? Let's have an honest evaluation. Are you moved by the impulses of the Holy Spirit? Listen, Holy Spirit is a wild wind. Cannot be contained. Wild wild. Are you moved by the impulses of the spirit? Do you look like a wild wind right now? Or are you really caught up in, oh, what will it look like? What will people think if I actually yield to the wild ways of the spirit? It's a fair question. And you did not receive the spirit of religious duty. Let me start from the beginning because that didn't make all of sense. The mature children of God are those who are moved by the impulses of the spirit. And you did not receive the spirit of religious duty, leading you back into the fear of never being good enough. If you have that thought popping up in your mind at all or on a regular basis, I want you to just, I want you to see it and I want you to grab it and I want you to put it under your feet where it belongs. That is a lie. And that's one of those unholy yokes that we need to get rid of. You have been made good enough, right? Get under the the waterfall of the blood of Jesus and let him cleanse your mind. You've been made good enough, but you have received the spirit of full acceptance or the spirit of adoption, enfolding you into the family of God. Okay, so because we are children of God, we have we have been we have been accepted into his house. Now the spirit of adoption requires a response from us. 
There is a responsibility. And I love that word responsibility. There is a response with an ability to do something about it. What does it look like to be enfolded into the family of God? It looks like something. It looks wild and it looks free. Are you allowing Holy Spirit to possess you and do what he wants with you? Or are you still yielded to fear an enslavement mentality, an orphan spirit? It looks like something. I have been around, I need a bookmark. Um, we're down there. Um, I've been around a- enough um, a- a families that that have have adopted. Um, I, just due to to coaching, um, I, I've actually interacted a lot with kids who who have been adopted. And one of the hardest things, that, that they have coming against them is their inability to take on the, the um, or to adapt themselves to the quality and the character of the family that they've been brought into. There is still an orphan mentality that wants to hold them and they are constantly trying to prove the narrative of rejection as reality in their lives. So what they do is they take anybody who has any form of authority and they, they constantly test them. I can, I can push you so far that you will reject me. Now we do this to God. When we have, when we have attachments to orphan mentality or enslavement to sin, capital S sin. Oh, Chris. Wow. Well, I have six kids. They're not adopted though. Wow. Bless you. Um, when, what was I saying? Okay. So when we still have attachments to enslavement and to the, you know, the, the capital S sin, um, we are incapable of taking on the quality and the characteristics of God's house. We have been brought into the spirit of full acceptance, adoption, full acceptance However, because there are still ties to lesser things, to orphanhood and to enslavement, we aren't taking on the the, char- the full characteristics of that wild spirit, that wild nature. Yes, freedom, right? Like there is freedom that needs to come and take over. Ah, I hope that this is resonating with you. And you will never feel orphaned, right? When we allow ourselves to experience the unfolding into his family, we will never feel orphaned. For as he rises up within us, our spirits join him in saying the words of tender affection. Beloved father, the translations say Abba father, which I tend to um, have a preference towards, but it is actually... Our spirit joining with that wild spirit, right? The spirit of God possessing us that gives us the ability to even cry out, Abba, to recognize him as our origin. Okay. We have more history 
with God than we do without him. When he spoke everything into creation, we were spoken into existence as spirit. It says male and female, he made them. Let's not misunderstand thinking that there was just Adam made on that sixth day. We were all spoken. Male and female, he made them. He looked at them, saw that it was good. We were made in his image. We were held within him until there was a womb that would mold and shape us the way that he intended to do so. So we were spirit breathed first, waiting for a womb to occupy us and give us flesh and blood. Ah, So we have more history in God than we do on the earth. We need to lean into that recognizing that we we can, we can go backwards and forwards because he is the God that is outside of time and space. So we need to spend a little bit of time back there realizing that our origin was in him and we have history with God. We need to call one another back into the history that we have with God because we have more longevity in perfection than we do in our flaws. Can I get an amen? I'm really excited about this. I hope you are too. I do. I hope you are excited about this because this, this, if we can grab a hold of this, it will be life-changing for us. It will. We need to, we need to better introduce people to God, right? We, we've actually done a disservice, especially in our Western culture, and we've introduced, we've introduced people to sin. Honestly, let's think about this. Our, our evangelistic process has actually been to introduce people to their sin. We've used, we've used sin as a means to get people to God. That's so gross. That's so gross. As if he is not big enough and good enough, shiny enough, spectacular enough to just say, hey, I want to, I want to introduce you to someone. I don't have to have eyes to see your dirt, your grime to introduce you to goodness himself. Guys. Mm. Okay. Holy Spirit, where do you want to go? Oh, maybe we should finish reading. We're at verse 16. For the Holy Spirit makes God's fatherhood real to us as he whispers into our innermost being, you are God's beloved child. Say that over yourself right now. I am God's beloved child. Take it further. There's never a moment that you don't look upon me with love. Great love. I am God's beloved child. And since we are his true children, we qualify to share all his treasures. For indeed, we are heirs of God himself. So we are qualified to share all of his treasures. This is really important. We are qualified to share all of his treasures. You are qualified. Say, I'm qualified. 
Because remember, we're giving up this, I'm not good enough thing. That's a lie. It's ridiculous. Untether yourself to that. We qualify to share all of his treasures for indeed, we are heirs of God himself. And since we are joined to Christ, we also inherit all that he is and all that he has. We will experience being co-glorified with him, provided that we accept his sufferings as our own. Ah, Jesus. I love it that he goes on and he says, I'm convinced that any suffering we endure is less than nothing compared to the magnitude of glory that is about to be unveiled within us. The entire universe is standing on tiptoe. Love this. You know, I love this. Yearning to see the unveiling of God's glorious sons and daughters. And friends, this is where we're at right now. The entire universe is standing on tiptoe waiting to see the sons and daughters of glory unveiled. Are you going to be an unveiled son or daughter of glory? Are you going to allow that to happen? Or are you going to continue to wander around cloaked in enslavement? Guys, we have to do away with these lesser things. They are not serving us and they are not serving the body of Christ. So right now, right now, let's let's collectively come together and let's just, let's strike down the orphan spirit, and let's strike down anything that is enslaving us right now. I don't know what your enslavement looks like, whether it is, it is a, a addiction. Most of it is going to come by way of addiction. And that is not just substance abuse. You could be addicted to all kinds of things. Perhaps you're addicted to social media. Perhaps you're addicted to TV, movies, etc. You know, media, period. Maybe it's substance abuse. But right now, can we just collectively, there are from what I see, there are eight of us on here right now. Nine, if you include Vince in the background. (laughs) So let's collectively come together and let's just, let's, let's use our, okay, listen, this is so important. Oh my gosh, I love this. We all have the, the ability. So if, if what Jesus has is ours, we have the ability to, to judge. Now we have wrongly used our ability to judge to hold people hostage, but our ability to judge is to judge them innocent. So right now we're going to use our sense of judgment that is given to us through, oh gosh, this is so good, through the wisdom that is ours by the spirit, through counsel and might through the spirit to cancel these things out. Okay. So right now I want you to see, I don't care, pick your weapon. Some of you might just need to be a little visual and see that you have a weapon in your hand, whether it's a sword or perhaps you're more of a gun person and you want to shoot through tethers. I don't care what it is. Let's just get a little violent. Okay. We need to get a little violent. This is like indignant, just an indignant response to these things. Let's get a little upset about the things that are holding us, tying us down, because the truth is that whatever is tying your neighbor down has you too, because we are one. And this is, this has got to be our global mentality. We have to change our minds about little old me and realize that I have a response ability. So there's a response to the spirit of adoption that I have now become his. And I have a response in the same way. The sufferings that Jesus took on was to take on our sins, to carry him. He was the sin collector unto what? Unto death, he put it all to death. 
So our response is to function in the ministry of reconciliation, which means I have a responsibility to take on whatever it is that tethers you, bring it into myself and cancel it out. So that's what we're going to do. This is a total activation. Whatever it is that he's showing you right now, I want you to bring it into yourself. I want you to begin to cancel it out. Let a righteous indignation rise up in you like a fire. And I want you to begin to cancel these things out as a son or a daughter that has been adopted by the king of kings. I want you to take what is yours, the authority that is yours. For once in your life, take up some dominion. Cancel something out. Forgive a debt. Put in the comments. Put it in the comments. What are you canceling out? What are you eradicating? Listen. (sighs) What Jesus did on the cross is an example for us. He's not asking us to, to be crucified ourselves, but he is asking us to respond in the same manner that he did. He didn't count anything against us. He took it all on himself, brought us into himself so that we would rightly know how to do what he does. You are a sin counselor. You are a great eraser of sin. In in Leviticus 16, I'm using an eraser. Yes! Come on, Anne Marie. I'm I'm a bit I'm a wee bit violent. I like swords. I cancel out sugar addiction. Yes. Yes. Oh, I just agree with that. And I'm not sure if you're just meaning a physical sugar addiction, but I'm going to add to it and say, like, I cancel out a spiritual sugar addiction that we would allow God to be who God wants to be. Oh my gosh. My friend just sent me pictures of alligators. Anyway, um, (laughs) she's wrangling alligators while we are canceling out sin. I just feel like it's such a great picture. Um, I cancel out sugar addiction in the spirit too. Um, So in Leviticus 16, it, it is laid out as part of the legal system that they would bring two goats and one of them was to be sacrificed. The other one was a scapegoat. Guys, this is so, I, I love this picture so much. This scapegoat would have a, a red scarf tied around it and would be sent. They would lay their hands on it and transfer their iniquities. I cancel out distraction. <laughs> Thanks, Chris. Um <laughs> And they would transfer their iniquities onto this animal and they would send it out into the wilderness. Gosh, the goat shall carry on it all their iniquities to an inaccessible region and the goat shall be set free in the wilderness. So once the scapegoat was sent into the wilderness, the sign of the people or the sins, I'm sorry, the sins of the people or the iniquities of the people escaped through that atoning work. (sighs) Guess who the scapegoat is now? Guess who gets to represent that position now? 
it's you and I. It's you and I. You guys, the same way that the, the cross swallowed up sin and death, we are supposed to be living representatives walking the earth as the action of the cross. We're supposed to be representatives of what it is that Christ accomplished. That's what it means to function under the reconciliate or the ministry of reconciliation. That's what it means for us. That we would rightly represent the action of the cross, that we would partner with the cross and swallow up sin and death, that we would eradicate it on behalf of one another. We have used judgment in a self-righteous manner. And all that does is hold people to their sin. It takes no revelation, no eyes to see, no leaning into the wild wind of the spirit to see the lesser parts of one another. To use holy judgment is to look at the sufferings of one another, to see those tethers and to say, I have the ability and the responsibility to bring that thing into myself, knowing that it is about to meet its death. The power of the cross, the blood of Jesus is coursing through my being. And that thing is about to be no more. Hmm. What if we started using judgment in that way? We know, we know that we have been told to love the Lord our God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength and to love our neighbor as ourselves. But what if to love our neighbor as ourselves looks like enveloping our neighbor to, to bring in to ourselves, enveloping them in the love that we carry, in the power and the revelation and the, the um, oh my gosh, I'll be right at that, of the cross to reconcile them back to God, to, to introduce them to the history that they have in God. What if, what if that's what's true of us? Can I take it further? And by the way, there's no qualifier on your neighbor in that part of scripture. Not your neighbor who looks like you, acts like you, feels like you, responds like you. Your neighbor. Your neighbor, period. What if we take this further and we say, what do you want the nations to look like? What if we actually believe that we are expansive enough to hold nations? Hmm. Come on, Jackie. Putting on my stomping boots. Under my feet it goes where it belongs. 
where it belongs. Say, that's where sin belongs, is under my feet. Listen, sin, even sin as an entity belongs under our feet because we are the sons and daughters of God and all authority has been given to us to rightly govern the earth. Dominion and authority was given to us before we messed everything up. Right? Like it was given to us way before then. Way before Way before Adam fell. How much more authority do we have now that God has been sacrificed to bring us back into alignment as sons and daughters? Oh my gosh. We just don't know who we are. We don't. So let's go back to this idea of bringing regions and nations into ourselves. We can, we can host nations. We need to begin to ask the spirit, what is true of my nation? We need to listen. Okay. We make light of some things. We do. We make light of it because it's familiar. But the um, spirit of religion and and the, the political spirit only belong to one entity, friends. Can we please have a better understanding of this? Let's Let's not look at those things as if they're just like, well, you know, at least they're not stealing. Least they're not murdering. But here's what I'm going to tell you is that that's (laughs) the enemy has come to steal, kill, and destroy. So if you believe for one second that any of the spirits that are attached to the enemy, a political spirit or religious spirit, does not have intentions of killing, stealing, and destroying, you've been deceived. We, we need to come against these two things. They're the two things that Jesus warned about. And I, I'm just going to say, I know that the reason he warned about it is because they would be the two things that we would be blind to, that we would allow to creep in to our churches and to take hold and transform the bride of Christ into the, can we just say, the bride of Chucky? Seriously, can we just be honest about this? We have done a disservice to Christ by allowing these two spirits to run free. We need to get a little bit more serious about these things. And that's not saying that we're going to use this self-righteous judgment. We're going to do it the same way. We're going to see the effects And we're going to love the way that Jesus loved. And we're just going to pull them into us. We're going to host them in ourselves where they can get free. Okay. Yes. The religious spirit is a killer, robber, and destroyer. It's so true. It's so true. Just let me look over my notes. And I think that we've hit everything that we need to hit. Yeah. We have. 
So I'm going to, I'm going to wrap this up. Spend some time over the weekend digging into what it means to be adopted sons and daughters. Ask, what are my rights as a son or a daughter? What do I look like as a son or a daughter? Show me, reveal me as a son or a daughter. Show me what I look like under the influence of the wild ways of the spirit. And then ask God to reveal what's standing in your way from allowing yourself to be completely possessed by the spirit. Because I know that there's something standing in our way. There is. There are things standing in our way. And God wants us free. He wants us free. What does freedom look like for you? Yes, John. I did. (laughs) I'm going to pray for us. Jesus, look what you've done. Look what you've done. Look what you've done. A pure and spotless lamb for a pure and spotless bride. You will have your way in us. You will have your way in us. Right now, we are collectively yielding to the spirit of adoption. That we would allow ourselves to be prepared to host you in fullness. That we would become glory dispensers and sin crushers. That we would introduce people to their history in you. That we would be quick to reconcile one another unto your standard of righteousness. Hmm. Jesus. Father, we know that being adopted into your family looks like something. And right now I am just releasing what the responsibility is on the backside of that. Reveal our response and our ability to carry it out. And expand us. Expand us to whole nations. We will not be able to disciple the nations, to fulfill the call, the mandate to disciple the nations until we are capable of bringing the nations into ourselves and to rightly cover them in prayer, to intercede on behalf of them means to bring them into ourselves and to declare your goodness over the lands that you have given us to have dominion over. Oh, we just rejoice 
that the banner over us is love. We rejoice that your name is above every other name. And we are choosing this day to yield to the wild winds of the Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, guys. Oh, wow. We break every aspect of attachment disorder over us so we can enter fully into the, into in, fully in, in Jesus' name. Yes, 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 yes. Yes, no more attachment disorder. Yes, yeah. Practice being sin crushers. Practice bringing one another into the ministry of reconciliation. Like seriously, I, 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 I am speaking over us right now that we would be looking for opportunity to do so responsibility, the ability to respond. Yes. Yes. We've been given an ability to respond. All right, friends. I bless you. Bless your weekend. I hope that it's, I hope that it's relaxing in the best sense of the word and, and that you would, you would have your mind blown in wonder and awe of who you really are in Christ. Um, just a quick couple of announcements. Uh, you can join us on Sunday mornings around 1030-ish is when we go live after um, our, our worship time. And then on Sunday evening, we will be having Bliss. And ladies, that will be live in the Bliss group. So if you want to be a part of that, that will be live around 630 on Sunday night. And we have Tiffany Ream coming and speaking on clearing the clutter. So it's going to be, it'll be a fun night because Tiffany is fun and, um, and I am, I'm looking forward to the, the revelation that she brings. So anyway, blessings. We will see you guys later.